Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast, a space where we share inspiring interviews and stories from thoughtful leaders in business, health and wellness, entrepreneurship and sports. Here we talk about tools, habits, routines and tactics they use that help them feel calm, revived and rebalanced whenever they face challenges in life. I'm your host, Nico Estrella, a serial entrepreneur, former professional soccer player and co-founder of WACU. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast. Uh, my guest today is Amanda Salceda. I am very excited for this podcast because you know that we love to talk about gut health and she is a gut health expert. Uh, Amanda is a pizza-loving registered dietitian and gut health nutritionist located in Los Angeles, California. She specializes in gut health, mindfulness and intuitive eating. We're going to talk a lot about that. I am very curious to learn what's intuitive eating and how she uh, plays with mindfulness in, into gut health. Um, she's the creator of the Mindful Gut, which uses science and strategy and taps into your intuition to improve your gut health. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Amanda, I wanted to ask you start uh, the conversation with uh, a little bit about you, like a little bit about <laughs> your story and your career as a dietitian. I know that you've been a, a gut health nutritionist since 2011. So yeah. it's already a bit more than 10 years, right? So it's been 11 years that you've been. Yeah, doing... you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really thought about that. Um, yeah, I guess it's been like a decade since I've been a dietitian, which is kind of crazy because time really does fly by. And What's even crazier, I guess, is I've always known I wanted to be a dietitian, not necessarily gut health, but like I always knew I wanted to be a dietitian since high school. Oh, so really? yeah, ever since high school, I I knew like, okay, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to pick this school because the school has a dietetics program. And um, yeah, so it, I've been on this path for a while. So it's like second nature to me, I guess, to talk about food, to think about food and and that's the whole reason I decided to become a dietitian. I was like, I'll never get tired of talking about this. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, what what would you say it's like one of your favorite things mm -hmm. about the work you do? Because I, I know that you that you help yeah. a lot, a, a lot of uh, to a lot of people. You you provide a lot of help for them. But um, what would you say is like it's your favorite thing about the your job? I think depending on the day, there's different things. <laughs> like you know, depending on the week or whatever. Um, one of the biggest things though, that has been resonating with me lately is the fact that food can be fun. Food can, it's so much more than like, you should have this food because it's high in vitamin A and vitamin A is good for blah, blah, blah. Like, I think how, how much a role food plays in our life outside of nutrition and how it nourishes us both like from a cultural standpoint to um, a family standpoint, like food brings us together. So I think the thing that I love is when people are able to find peace with food, uh, like peace with food and just like a synergy with food around all the different things that it represents, nourishment, family, time spent together, culture, all of those things. And when people find that rhythm, that's what I, what like I love. Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, and, and that really resonates with me because like food can remind you of your loved ones as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
me, it's like I, I moved to Boston four years ago and I, I grew up in Ecuador. Um, but there are some specific dishes, like, for example, yeah. there is a soup that's called locro. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a, a potato-based soup. Yeah. I remember, like, my grandma used to make me that soup. So every time I make that soup, it reminds it's me of her. It's like, it's yeah. like very emotional too, right? It's just like not yeah. just eating the food or not just like the nutrition of the food because I'm not sure how how much nutrients the, this mm. potato soup has, right? But it has a lot of value for me and I love doing that soup. I think it's like yeah. one of my three dishes that I know how to cook. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's it. special, right? It's special to you. And, and that's like the beauty of it is sometimes that's what food just needs to be is just be like special and, and remind you of your, you know, your grandma. I love that. That sounds, soup sounds really good, by the way. Like I potato, you had me a potato. You, you you eat it with a bit of cheese and with a bit of uh, avocado too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds okay. good. And so w you use uh, this approach a lot with your yeah. with your clients, uh, I guess, mm -hmm. right? And, um, whenever you you start talking with a new client, um, because like whenever I think nutritionist, and if I'm gonna go to talk with my nutritionist, yeah. I think in terms of like, okay, nutrition, she's going to give me like, how many carbs should I eat? How mm -hmm. many should I eat? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have like a, a structured way of like how I see nutrition. Yeah. Um, how do you help your clients change that perspective about food? Is it like, yeah. is it something that you've seen that's hard for customers, for, for clients to yeah. do or, uh, or not that much? It kind of depends on where people are in their journey and, and their background. But I would say, generally speaking, it's hard. It's not um, it's not something that comes to people naturally off the bat of moving away from this idea that food has to be extremely regimented. Like, you know, I have to eat a specific amount of carbs or fat or protein. Um, and for some people, that is what works for them. Like if someone, because like you were a soccer player, right? Like, yeah. you know, for, for people that are athletes, like that is what's necessary to meet their goals, right? A specific, like kind of a little bit more regimented style of eating. But for the average person, you know, the, the moving away from that is, is kind of hard because diet culture is very like everywhere. And it's like telling you have to eat a specific way. It's funny because like when you look at magazines and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to eat? It's always like chicken breast with like what or like brown rice and broccoli. And it's like the most boring meal. I mean, don't granted, I still eat that. But like after a while, like, it's pretty boring. So I think yeah. the hard part is like recognizing that there is no one specific way of eating that's going to work for everybody 100% of the time. And it's very fluid and it can change as you change and it really is dependent on your goals. And, and that's why I like to talk about mindfulness and intuitive eating so much is because um, it helps you identify a way of eating that's working for you right now and move away from like, okay, it has to be like this specific set amount of grams of whatever at this meal or for this snack. And it helps you tap into what you're needing currently versus some outside force telling you, because nobody knows your body the best. Like you are, you are the CEO of your body. No one knows it better than you. Um, so tapping into your own wisdom, I think, um, is so important. 
Yeah, totally. I, I really like that. And like from what I'm hearing, it's like also it's not only that your body mm-hmm. uh, needs different food from other people's bodies, but also your body uh, changes its needs from time to time, right? Like yeah. from, I need today, it's probably not what I need in like one year or probably was not what I needed when I was a soccer player. Yeah. So it's very, it's very fluid. I, I, I really like that. Yeah, it grows with you. And sometimes it can change day to day. Like, like yeah, the other day was like super hot and I didn't really want to eat. And because it's like when it gets hot, I'm, I'm like, I just don't want to eat. And the next day I was pretty hungry. But that's because I didn't eat a lot the day before. So like, you know, recognizing how you respond to different things is, is pretty powerful because in some ways it could be like scary. Like, why am I so hungry? And but like knowing like, oh, it's because I you know it was hot. I didn't feel like eating. And so now my body wants to make up for that today. And that's fine. And so um, recognizing your own rhythms, you know, is, is pretty powerful. So, so if like, let's say I'm, I'm not sure if like when, whenever you work with a client, like mm-hmm. they start a diet or uh, but yeah. like the question that I was going to ask, like, let's say I am on a diet and I know that, that like the diets that I've done in the past, it's like I know like. I have mm-hmm. a guide like on how much mm-hmm. food I eat every day, but yeah. you say that maybe some days like I don't need to eat all that, and maybe it's there are some days that I'm gonna eat less, and like next day probably my body is gonna need uh, more things. Yeah, uh, is is that normally ha- how you work with your with your clients, or like how how does it look like whenever I uh, let, let's say I start working with you? Yeah, like, yeah, diet, or would you give me more like guidance or? or... So yeah, I think it would definitely be a guidance situation. But at the end of the day, like the one guiding it is going to be you. Like, because it's, I think that's the most important part to me to nutrition is not to have something um, like dictated to you by a dietitian or a doctor. Like, you have to eat this specific way because what if the goals that I think are important are not important to you? Um, so having, you know, the client really drive the session and come to them like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is like, you know, I, uh, some, like a phrase I would like to use is if I was like a, um, you know, like if I can grant you three wishes, if I was like your fairy godmother and I could grant you three wishes, you know, what would be like the three things you'd really want and kind of help, you know, that kind of helps people like, okay, let me, let me think about that. And then based off of that, that's where like I could come in and help guide you to get to that point so it's really like me being a support um it's like when you're learning to drive a car right and you have someone in the passenger seat with you like okay kind of giving you the confidence giving you the tools walking you through things but ultimately it's you in the driver's seat that's what this is like that's what sessions would look like it's me kind of giving you the tools helping me give you my like expert knowledge but in a way that's working for you and a way that is what you're looking for because you're in the driver's seat. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so then this, this brings me to my next question. And yeah. I know that, like the method that you use, you call it the mindful gut, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the mindful gut approach. So uh, can, can you explain us a little yeah. bit like what do you mean with like the mindful gut approach? Yeah. So I originally got into gut health because I was looking at food sensitivities. Like people would say, you know, there's certain foods that bug me um, and I'm not sure what they are. And I would help people figure that out, figure out like what foods were were triggering some of their, you know, digestive issues. And Mm -hmm. the one 
constant thing that kept coming up is how much variability there is. Like there's no one set list of foods like that work for everybody and there's no one set list of foods that doesn't work for everybody. And I think that's where I love the aspect of mindfulness. It's because it helps you bring awareness to your own body and and uh, understanding what certain foods feel like for you. Um, you know, like there's certain foods that I'll eat that just disagree with me. And, and it's not a bit like bell pepper is like an issue for me, but for a lot of people, it's not. And so I think that's why I started to get into mindfulness is because um, a, a lot of people kind of intuitively knew certain foods were bugging them. They just needed like someone to kind of help, um, like shine a light to that. Um, but B, I also realized how much it's not just food. It's also looking at like your mood and how you're feeling. And so the mindful gut kind of came about and and there's five pieces to it. And I can, I can talk about that if you want, but the mindful gut, yeah, kind of, came about to help people move away from that regimented okay like if if I don't have to follow these specific set of rules what do I do right I need some type of guidance like wh- how, how do I figure this out and and that's where the mindful gut is it's kind of a guide to do that so the five aspects of this is a trusting your gut knowing that you you you're like the CEO of your body listening to it um, B is about rest and recharge. Cause there's such a huge, right? Like mind gut connection, how you feel mentally can impact your gut and your body physically. Um, so taking that time. And I just did a blog post on rest and recharge because it actually turned out to be a two-parter because rest is really hard to do. It is so easy for me to tell you to rest, but for you to like actually put that into practice for me to put that into practice is like, oh, yeah, your story. What the li- with the lifestyles that we have uh, that mm-hmm. like we put rest to like yeah to like the the last the last mm-hmm. uh, part of me and yeah I can definitely see that yeah so that that's why I had to have that as part of it because if if we're not taking that time to rest like everything else is like you you can't supplement your way out of rest. <laughs> like you can't, you know, you can't do that. And so that's why that's part of it. Um, another part of it is kitchen confidence. So I can talk about like, oh, you should have chia seeds or you should have, you know, like potatoes. But if you don't know what to do with those foods, if you don't know how to make them an everyday part of your life, like that's that's where the kitchen confidence comes in. So it's also looking at skills, um, like cooking skills and feeling good in the kitchen. Like I know what I can make and I can put this together. Um, so that's a third thing. That, I, I need that. <laughs> I know. I literally have three dishes that does like what I eat yeah. mostly today, unless like I have uh, people coming over that I have to look at the recipe at like. Yeah. But for me, you know why for me, cooking is kind of stressful. I don't know why it's it can like I, yeah. can't, I like I can't talk like my my girlfriend makes fun of me because every time I'm cooking she's mm-hmm. asking me questions and I'm like I have to be focused like <laughs> machine out and machine the pepper and like making sure I'm following the recipe if not I feel it's gonna I'm gonna fail but yeah I think I, I, yeah. I use that that guidance there which is so funny because I bet if you asked your grandma how to make that soup, she wouldn't tell you like a half a cup of potato. She would be like this much of this. Like there was no measurements, right? Like, so hard right? For me to yeah, they like oh, add a little bit of milk. So I'm like, how much? With a little that? bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit. 
And she's like, I don't know, you just like a little bit. <laughs> so hard to follow those those recipes. Yeah, so it's kind of regaining some of that, you know, that ability that our grandmas all have of like, just a pinch of this, just feel it out. Um, so that's that's like part of it too is is feeling good in the kitchen. Um, and then the last two areas of the mindful God is looking at eating with intention. And this kind of kind of goes back to that question you were asking about like how how would I lead a session? And this kind of dives into like your intention. Like what is your intention around food? What are your goals? Um, and let that be, you know, the shining light of where it's going to direct us. And then the fifth thing is, oh my God, well, I'm just like, I just blinked out. Are you with intention? Oh my God, how funny. I remember. Purpose over perfection. I totally blinked out for a second, but purpose over perfection is the fifth thing because um, there's no such thing as a perfect gut. There's no such thing as being a perfect cook. There's no such thing as being perfect anything. And so letting go of that idea that we're having to be 100%, 100% of the time is yeah. really you know, uh, powerful again, it's just, it's really helpful to know that you're just trying to be your best. And, um, when you dig into your purpose, that's when you make progress. Got it. So those are, those were the five amazing, I'm going to put yeah. on the show. That's all those, all those five, because I think they're very powerful. And I wanted to come back to the first one that you mentioned and you said, uh, to trust your gut. Yeah. Uh, and I think in general that's super important for a lot mm -hmm. of things in life, right? To to be mm -hmm. able to to be connected with your instincts and connected with like your your true self. But yeah, I know that this can be very challenging at the beginning because uh, I know that um, it's very easy to grow apart from like who we truly are and like mm -hmm. to not listen body and like to listen more to diet culture and to listen more yeah. to uh, what people says or what people think instead of like listening to ourselves so mm -hmm. um, here what what would you say are some ways somebody can start tuning up more to to their internal voice like how can somebody that feels that's disconnected from their bodies how can they yeah. start kind of like uh, rebuilding that relationship with themselves yeah um that's a really good question and i'm gonna have to do a blog post just dedicated to that because you're right like as we get older um you kind of lose a little bit of that you know you lose a little bit of like listening to yourself um based off of just media and marketing and you know all of these things And so I think one thing that can be really helpful to bring back some of that trust is just taking the time to like, A, like ask yourself how you're doing and B, like, what do I need? Um, so it kind of dives into that rest. Like rest is more than just sleep. And it can be rest of just like taking a moment to check in with yourself and to give, your spa give yourself space to see what you need. Because like, If you see a friend like you like how are you doing like and you really want to know but do we ever ask ourselves like how are we doing like what do i need um and even just i think fostering that connection um and and posing it as a question because i could just say things like meditate but that's kind of hard for people to do and like to envision um but in a way this is kind of like an act of meditation of like that checking in 
And another thing too that I've I've found personally found is sometimes I'll just get like little little hits. Like I don't know how to describe it. Like it just like no, I, I have to. Do, I don't know why I have to do this, but I have to do this, and and I do it. Or I don't know why I don't want to do this, but I'm not going to do it, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so and you'll get that, like, for whatever reason, you can't explain it and it's hard to describe, but just doing it, even if it doesn't make sense, I think is another way to kind of bring back some of that connection. So A, like asking yourself, checking in with yourself, how you're doing and what you're needing. And then B, like anytime you get that like little vibe of like, hmm, yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, go with it, explore it. And uh yeah just I, th- I think I just like even just asking it will start to bring some awareness and it's a process it, it really is yeah I agree because also I like I think like uh, I I've been in this process of, of regaining these uh, uh, relationship with myself for for the yeah. past uh, couple years and that, and I think I I'm still in that process and I remember mm-hmm. that at the beginning when I started for me Taking uh, taking some time for myself to ask yeah. me like, oh, how am I doing? Yeah. Sometimes I almost fe- felt like kind of like even I'm not sure if guilty is the word, but uh, I, I am entrepreneur, right? So I'm thinking mm-hmm. like all the time like, oh, I have to be efficient. I have to just like push the company forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think I don't know. Like also, I was like that whenever I was playing soccer. I was like, okay, I need to mm-hmm. be training, resting. I need to be like yeah. pushing my career forward and. It's like all about productivity. Like uh, uh, for me, it felt like mm-hmm. my time should be very efficient during my day because, of be course, working. I have meetings. I have to be working. Yeah. I have to do yeah. all those things. So taking some time for myself during the day mm-hmm. feels like like it's I don't selfish. have time for that. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like and, and I, it's, I get that like. When I have some free time, even even today, like when I have some free time mm-hmm. during the day, the first thing I, I think is like, oh, I haven't checked in with my family or I haven't checked in with this friend. Of, mm-hmm. If I'm walking to, to the store, I'm like, okay, I'm going to call somebody, yeah. uh, see how they are. Yeah. But it's, it, it's more often for me to do that than to do what you said, like to say like, okay, I'm going to walk to the store and I'm going to mm-hmm. use this time. Just check in with myself to see, like, oh, how am I feeling today? How am, yeah. am I? What do I need? Yeah, what do I need? So yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a very powerful practice that maybe doesn't seem like can make a big change, but but I think it does because it like kind of like tells your brain that yeah you are important, like you are a yeah, priority. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying, I'm like, total, I, I like totally resonate that with that because I'm kind of similar, like, oh, I, I feel like I should be doing something, you know, yeah. if I have time. And um, uh, my therapist at one point kind of reframed something for me. And she's like, what if you thought of rest as work? Like, what if, you know, what like rest as work or like checking in with yourself as work as a task? Because it at the end of the day, it is because if you get to a point where you don't check in with yourself and you get burnt out. You have nothing left to give to anyone, let alone, you know, yourself. And so um, I think when she said that, like to reframe it as work and to know that I have to do this because if I don't, like if I don't check in with myself, if I don't take that time, 
I'm going to shrivel up. Like I, I'm just going to be a shell of a person and there's going to be nothing left to give or enjoy. Um, so yeah. that, that was kind of helpful for me. Kind of like a, a light bulb moment. Yeah. And, and I think like also like one thing that was very helpful for me whenever I was, I was thinking on this, I was also with, with, with my therapist talking about it. And um, I started to realize that, the more I prioritized myself and the mm -hmm. more I did things like this, that was like, I don't know, going and taking 10 minutes to meditate or yeah. going out and exercise, uh, mm -hmm. eating, the, eating good foods that are like nourishing for me that I like, yeah. that I enjoy. Yeah. Whenever like I, I, I do things like that, I started to notice also that my confidence levels uh, increased. Mm. And um, like the way she explained it to me was like, um you are whenever you do things for yourself you're basically yeah. like kind of like you're boring into your subconscious like you are important you yeah. are mm -hmm. you you deserve rest yeah. you deserve uh, taking some time to meditate you deserve taking some time to exercise and that kind of like changes like how your subconscious sees mm -hmm sees like you yourself yeah. uh, and that helps also to increase like uh, at the end of the day like it's just like you you put more votes into your confidence level because like now you present yourself to the world like like somebody yeah. that's worthy of of all those good things that that life has right and i think it's super important because if you don't do that with yourself um, no one's gonna do it for you gonna do it for you yeah no. and also the way people sees you maybe are mm -hmm. gonna make you feel that way like oh like i don't feel that important for those other people but it's like it yeah. has to start with yourself right yeah it it really does and and um what you said about that subconscious thing is like another light bulb for me because that that totally makes sense of you know it's like you you are telling your your person your body your mind like on a deeper level of you know that worthiness um and you're right like the more confidence and another thing I've noticed too is like when I am taking that time to like listen and you know ask myself I find myself more flow like things just come easier for me um yeah. I wish I could be in flow all the time but that's <laughs> not the case but when I am like things things start to run smoother you feel like you're you know going with the the tide versus like fighting against it yeah yeah I I agree I I really like that it's very powerful um my next question I wanted to ask you you are you're a gut health expert right and and you probably see a lot of people that comes to you with gut mm -hmm. health issues um what do you what what would you say are some of like the most common symptoms that people yeah. come to you with whenever they they are experiencing gut health issues i think um there's probably like a there's a couple things so usually when people think of like digestive issues the most common things that i'd see would be like constipation so people aren't like pooping enough um or bloating which is usually because they're constipated because they're not pooping enough um uh i feel like that and i would also see like the opposite end where it's like maybe like too much you know they're going a little too often so i often would see people with like irritable bowel syndrome issues um so it could be like a constipation or more like a diarrhea type thing 
but what I see a lot like in media is probably I think bloating is, is the biggest thing out there that you hear people talking a lot about. And it's, you know, definitely a cause for concern, but it's also something that just happens naturally time to time. So like, it's like trying to know when it's not good and when it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, can those things like, because I, I understand like whenever you are bloated, yeah, that's already like, it's like a reaction of the body, right? Like it, your mm -hmm. body's reacting to maybe some food or, or, or something that you ate or, yeah. or, or something like that. But whenever you experience bloating consistently mm -hmm. that affect other other areas of your body like can that affect uh, like what what yeah. other areas in the body that that those gut health issues can can cause yeah um so if someone is feeling bloated all the time and like that's like their normal that's definitely a red flag so i just want to point that out but yeah it's definitely a red flag Definitely anytime you experience a symptom like bloating or any other digestive issue and it's persistent or and or with pain, like those are those are times you want to see a doctor, figure something out. Um, but how it can affect uh, in fact, how it could affect other areas of the body. I feel like one of the big ones is just feeling comfortable as a one. Like because when you're bloated, like you you just don't feel comfortable in like your clothes because it, it, it just feels like super distended, right? No, um, yeah. So it's just like an overall comfortability. I also see it sometimes impact like energy levels. You may notice just like more less energy feeling a little bit more sluggish. Um, and a lot of the times too, more bloating can be related to like the constipation. So it could just also that like being uncomfortable could also be the distension, but it could also be because you're not like having a regular bowel movement. Um, you know, so that could also be part of it. But gut issues can really impact a lot of different things. I've seen it impact skin. Um, it's probably like another area of the body that I've seen it influence but i think your gut is like at the central so it's it's not uncommon to see it you know impact other parts yeah 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 I totally agree and um then whenever people talks about gut health and i know that this has been like a topic that more and more people has been talking and like more and more people is understanding the importance of, of yeah having a healthy gut and like as you said how it affects mood, sleep. Uh, it affects a lot of things in our, like the immune system and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that also there can be a lot of misconceptions around gut health. Yeah. Uh, how can you, how can you treat bloating or like, uh... mm -hmm. so I, I wanted to ask you like, in your experience, what are some of the most common misconceptions around gut health um i think kind of that bloating like that every type of bloating is bad bloating sometimes it just <laughs> like it happens because maybe you overate or uh like the other day i had a bunch of i not a bunch but i had wine and i'm not a wine drinker and wine to me are just like eh. so i kind of felt a little bloated after that or if i had like a beer that's when i'll feel bloated so like sometimes It just kind of happens and if it goes, you know, it'll it'll pass and you wake up and you're fine like the next day, it's not an issue. Um, so I think a, a common misconception is that like you have, like anytime you feel bloating, like there's something wrong, absolutely wrong. That's not always the case. Um, maybe another misconception would be, ooh, someone was just asking me the other day, 
about digestive enzymes Mm -hmm. and like taking that as a supplement. I think it's a misconception that you have to take digestive enzymes anytime you're concerned about gut health. You know, we naturally make our own enzymes. So if you're somebody that feels better when you take it as a supplement, then you want to dig deeper into why, because now you're just putting a bandaid on a larger issue. So like when people just say like, oh, take digestive enzymes. But like, if you feel like you always have to take them, you should be like asking yourself, like, why do I have to do that? Um, I'm trying to think of another misconception. I that think I I also like whenever, whenever you take something like, like vitamins or something, I think mm-hmm. the, the placebo effect can play a role yeah. also, right? Because like yeah. placebo is powerful and it's not necessarily bad, but mm-hmm. uh, placebo is real and like like you can all, you can feel good just by because you're taking it and maybe you don't even need it to yeah, take in you don't even need it uh-huh. yeah. i know there's this actually this the product that i was gonna buy the other day it's supposed to be like for like your allergies and sinus and i'm like are people saying it works because it's placebo or does it actually work <laughs> so like and i'm like but if it's just a placebo and it's not really doing anything maybe that's enough i don't know so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely like, a real thing. They also say like, okay, maybe it's placebo, but if it works, I don't care if it's placebo that's making it work. Yeah. I just, I just go for yeah, it. Yeah, if it's not so, hurting you, like, yeah, yeah, you know, why, why not? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Awesome. So, so those, those are two of the of some of the most yeah. common. Discussions. Yeah, I would think those would be like um, some big misconceptions that I can think of. Oh, another misconception is that everybody like needs to heal their gut. Like gut healing is very popular. Um, And Uh some people truly do need to go through a gut healing protocol for, you know, for whatever reason that happens to be. But not everybody needs to heal their gut. In fact, I feel like the vast majority of people um, just need to do some very basic things to help improve their overall gut health, but don't need to go through some like rigorous protocol. I feel like Uh that would be another misconception. So who would be somebody that needs a gut healing? Like it's... People that have a, like a serious digestive issue and like a like mm-hmm. a serious or or who yeah. who can be like somebody that needs gut healing. Yeah, so some of them maybe have some like a dig- some big digestive things going on or like a you know some type of like irritable bowel issue. Maybe that would be an example. Um, if someone's having those like digestive sy- symptoms with pain and persistence, like I also definitely see the doctor to you know rule out anything serious. Um, but that would also be another situation. Maybe, maybe we need to go through, you know, some type of gut healing thing to figure out like what foods are bugging you, what's missing, um, you know, what's going on. But usually you'll, you'll, if again, like those symptoms, if you're experiencing a lot of symptoms, whether with like just consistent, consistently, (laughs) um, or they're painful, even if it's like low energy, if you're in low energy all the time, we need to figure out why so it's like if things are continuing to happen if you're not feeling good most days you know um that would be like a time where like okay maybe a gut healing protocol may be appropriate for you or is it the fact that you just are getting four hours of sleep every day because you're scrolling through tiktok you know what i mean like so (laughs) really kind of digging digging a little bit yeah that makes a lot of sense um 
another question that I had whenever I was uh, checking your your blog. Um, yeah. I saw in one of your blog posts um, that you were talking about the decisions we make with food. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned that we can make up to 200 decisions over food per day. Yeah. Um, that was very like mind blowing. It's crazy, for me right? In like, what are the decisions that I make for food? Like, I think like I don't know, breakfast, lunch, uh, dinner, and the yeah. snacks. But I have some maybe like five. Mm -hmm. But two hundred decisions was like very mind blowing for me. So, uh, what are those two hundred decisions that we that we do? Yeah. Like, how that, does that happen? So even like, even if you're thinking about your three meals, right? Breakfast. Okay. But that's like, there's bigger decisions or not bigger, but there's like smaller decisions that go under like that own umbrella, right? Okay. What do I have in my fridge? That's like a question you're asking yourself, like, okay, how am I going to make this? And a lot of the times too, what we do is we make the same things over and over to cut down on those decisions. So like, I think breakfast is probably the area where people like just don't think and they go on autopilot. Like, I'm going to have my oatmeal with, and I have it this way and I do that. And that really does like cut down on deciding what you're going to do. But uh, you, like you also want to have variety because variety is one of the most important things for your gut health because the more diverse your diet is, the more diverse your gut microbiome can be, which can have many beneficial um, or like positive things for your overall body. So I think those decisions, even though, even though it sounds like, okay, just breakfast, lunch, dinner, have like sub decisions under them of like, what's the fridge? Do I have to pick something up? How am I going to make it? How much time do I want to spend? You know, what am I going to eat with it? So it, it, it starts to really kind of add up. So these, 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 what, what you just said about like having diverse foods. Yeah. That's very important. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. I don't have very a lot of diversity in my day-to-day -day diet. Like, yeah. my my breakfast is a smoothie, basically. Like, I mm -hmm. put some fruit, like some spinach. Like, like you're right. Like for me, whenever I'm waking up, I like my brain is off until like I'm not a morning person, so it's yeah. just like working until like 10 a.m. So it's like fruits, spinach. Uh, I have like a protein powder, um, that plant like a plant-based powder, mm -hmm. and the chia seeds milk uh, yeah. and that's it and just like i have a big jar of that uh, and mm -hmm. i do that every morning every, and for yeah. lunch, every lunch is like i have my, my sister makes fun of me because my sister <laughs> my, my younger sister loves to cook so uh, i she sees myself that i do every day the same toasts with uh, like hummus yeah. bacon egg and, uh, and ham uh, yeah. not, not uh, eggs um, but I have that every single day, and I really like the taste of it. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like how can you eat the same thing every day? And like, I, I, I like it, and it's, I don't have, it's what you said. You like, I think don't about, it. about it. I just like know how to make it. It's easy. I make it in ten minutes, and I'm yeah. done with it. Um, but so, but but you said that it, it's better for the body. Yeah. To diversity in those. It in, is. We, you know, a lot, like you said, like we make the same things over and over because we like it. It's easy. We know how to prep it. But at the end of the day, really, I think the one of the most powerful things that we can all do is eat more diverse foods. And so like one of the tips that I like to tell people is the next time you go to the market, the next time you go grocery shopping, 
pick up a different fruit, pick up a different vegetable, you know, and, and try it. Um, because it's really important to, to do that, to have a more diverse gut microbiome. Um, there was a study with the American gut project that found that 30 different plants a week can is was associated with a more diverse gut microbiome so how can 30 sounds like a lot to be honest 30 plants you said yes 30 plants so i think the key part of that is knowing that a lot of different things qualify here so like variety doesn't just have to be fruits and vegetables it can also be like different herbs and spices like that also counts so you know how like maybe you buy a different herb to flavor your food in a different way. Cause sometimes we grow up with like, you know, a certain rotation of like, I know how to prep like cumin. I love cumin, but no one loves it. Cumin's hit or miss. I love cumin, but like cumin and um, you know, like garlic powder and onion powder, like, like picking up, you know, a, a different one, maybe trying a different type of paprika or something like that. Um, that can also help to increase your variety is also looking to herbs and spices, but yeah, so that 30 different, plants a week is what was associated with a more diverse gut microbiome. So that's why I say like eat more variety is one of the best things that you can do. Oh, that That's so cool. And uh, it, it's great because like, well, it, our product Waku, the, the, the herbal tea yeah. that we make, the base of the tea, it has uh, nine different herbs. It has chamomile, lemongrass. Yeah, lemon so water. you're getting variety there. Oh, there you go. I, I didn't know. And we're, that's like a, a hack to add <laughs> yeah. to, your, to your daily diet. But, uh, and why, why is the, you mentioned the diversity of the microbiome that's mm -hmm. important. Um, yeah. Why, why is, is important that uh, diversity in the microbiome? That's what we are still figuring out. A lot of that, a lot of the research with the gut microbiome is still so new. So what we do kind of know is, yes, that we do know like that a more diverse gut microbiome is what we're thinking is associated with more of like a healthy gut, um, you know, like a healthy, like healthy digestion and just a strong, because we also know, like you were saying, like gut can also be linked to like immunity in your immune system. Um, we're also finding that the microbiome can also be linked with a blood sugar management, like heart, you know, heart health. So I think that's like exactly how is what we're still kind of uncovering and like the different types of bacteria, like how much should we have of specific types of bacteria in the gut? Um, and then what amounts like that is still an area that is unknown, Which is like exciting, but also like I want to know. <laughs> like so, uh, the universe side of us yeah. that it's like unexplored. So yeah, it's very very interesting. And then you can also think about it too, like with variety. There's no one food that's going to have every single amount of nutrient that your body needs. You know, yeah. there's like no perfect food. Um, so you have to get a mix of foods to make sure that you're getting like a mix of different vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then coming back to the 200 decisions per day around yeah. food. Um, for me, it sounds a bit like overwhelming and probably that's why I go to like my, my three go-to mm -hmm. dishes. Because like, I, I feel like I'm making so many decisions uh, in like my work. Yeah. And I, I kind of like takes a toll on that. So how can I... How how could I go around it? Like, yeah. 
Be because like you were mentioning at the beginning that you also like give some guidance in in mm -hmm. you you say the kitchen confidence. confidence yeah 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 so what are some some ways that I can go around it like like because I'm thinking like okay yeah. I'm not gonna do the same three dishes every day but um how, how can I like is there like a framework that you can have like okay I'm not mm -hmm. gonna do the same breakfast every day, but like I can, I have my three breakfasts that I can rotate from three breakfasts. Or, or like, how how do you go around it so it doesn't feel that yeah. overwhelming? So what I like to do is like start with what you know and what you're doing. So like your smoothie that you mentioned, in my head I'm thinking, okay, can we add in like a new ingredient into your smoothie? So it could be something simple like that. Like, what are things I can already add into what I'm doing versus like me telling you like, no, you're not doing smoothies and you're doing oatmeal or, you know, I don't know, something like that would be over like a big overwhelming change, especially for somebody, you know, okay. Oh, granted oatmeal is like really easy to make, but like, if I said, you know, you're going to have like this huge breakfast instead, that's like not a reality. So Thinking of what you can add into what you're already doing can be really, really helpful to start bringing in some variety. So like still having a smoothie, but adding a different ingredient. Okay, you have the sandwich. What's well, maybe like a different vegetable we can have on the side? Like, can you do like carrots and ranch, you know, um, and put that as like your side dish to add in a little bit different uh you know plant into your like life okay what do you do for dinner can maybe we add like a different herb or spice to how you're already making your chicken um so like little things like that are helpful and also looking at how you're cooking stuff so like if you're comfortable grilling or if you're comfortable baking or if you're comfortable you know putting things in like an instant pot what are recipes that we can build in for things like that? So looking at your strengths is a really good thing. Like, oh, I like I love instant pie. I think instant pots are amazing. Um, so you know, how can like what's an easy recipe with foods I like, and how can I add something a little bit different, but prep it in a way that I already know, so it's like not like a bunch of new things all at once. That makes a lot of sense. I think I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> I think I'm going to start with my smoothies and I think I'm going to start adding different stuff to the Yeah, because chances are you have like the same standard ingredients that you're probably putting in every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like always yeah. the same ingredients. So, yeah. so now I think I think next time I go to the store, I'm going to I'm going to see like what other things can I add to the to yeah. smoothie, maybe turmeric, maybe mm -hmm. like or swap out a green like if you're doing spinach try kale or you know what i mean like different things like that like different fruits as well yeah there's always the same mix of fruits that i use uh, mm -hmm. i like that that's that that, that <laughs> is overwhelming for sure yeah. it's just like how like what are questions that i can ask you like this is what i like what i'm thinking about the client like based off of what i hear i start to ask questions to help you start get the gears turning like oh, okay, I can start seeing this. And then that is where you start to gain some traction. I love that. I love that, Amanda. Thank you so much for all these, yeah. for all these uh, great insights. I, I really learned a lot today. Um, if people want to learn more about you and, and wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way uh, they yeah. can reach you? 
Yeah, so the best place to find me is probably Instagram. You can find me at, at guthealth.nutritionist. That's my handle. Um, and yeah, you can check out my blog too at my website. So there's a couple different blogs on there. So if, when we were talking about rest, if you were also agreeing like, oh, that's hard, you know, it's difficult to do. Um, that's one of the recent blog posts I have about rest. And I also have, um, I talked to a couple different therapists for their thoughts and ideas. So that was really helpful to get some other expert experts to weigh in on it. Um, so you can check that out for like some more meteor information. <laughs> Awesome, Amanda. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate having you here in the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Bye-bye.